Hello, Wenatchee. You're listening to CORE Community Radio, and this is the second episode of Classic Jazz Travels. My name is Doug Anderson, and I'll be bringing you music from jazz's rich timeline, from the 1920s to the recent recordings made by today's Northwest jazz musicians. If you're new to jazz, I hope to give you some insight into what I hear and how I learned to listen to this really special and uniquely American music. Last week, we closed the show with my favorite pianist, Bill Evans. The recording took place at the Village Vanguard on 7th Avenue South in 1961. This week, let's wander backward to the year 1942 and listen to another great pianist and band leader, Count Basie. With Lynn Sherman on vocals, here's My Old Flame. the Count Basie Orchestra with Lynn Sherman performing My Old Flame. Interesting hearing the Basie band from the 40s. 
He had so many great players in his bands. Joe Jones, Lester Young, Buck Clayton, Frank Foster, Sonny Payne, Clark Terry, among others. The Count Basie Orchestra has a website where you can find a page or two of the band's history and also see what's happening now. Bill Basie is no longer with us, but his band continues to bring his great music to audiences worldwide. So last week I spoke of the wind that blew in when bebop folks arrived in the mid-40s. People like Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie and a host of others that took the swing style forward into a new arena. The music progressed, and I guess the critics had to attach new labels on the output. So some music fell into a softer and more orchestrated realm, which was labeled cool jazz. Others were by the mid-50s lumped by critics into a style known as hard bop. I don't surround each album or CD I buy with a subgenre. To me, it's all on the jazz timeline, and I usually will attempt here to highlight musicians that I believe have taken their instrument and music to new heights. One record label that captured a lot of what was happening in the late 40s and beyond was Blue Note Records. I remember back in the early 80s spending my hard-earned dough buying reissues of tons of early releases. The thing that makes the early Blue Note records so amazing to me is the engineering or sound recordings, which for the most part were done by Rudy Van Gelder in New Jersey. Rudy created a sound for the label, which to me nobody's been able to duplicate. For you rock folks, and those who know about the music that came from Seattle in the 80s through the early mid-90s, it's about how like sub-pop records used Jack Andino and his studio talents to create a sub-pop sound. Jack continues to have an amazing ability to capture sound in a recording studio and also to capture the personality of the musicians involved. He's also a great musician. The next song is from another favorite pianist, Horace Silver, from his 1956 album, Horace Silver and the Jazz Messengers. This is Doodlin'. <laughs>
Horace Silver with Doodlin, with Horace Silver on piano, the great Kenny Dorham on trumpet, and equally amazing tenor player Hank Mobley. Doug Watkins held down the bass, and Art Blakey drove from the trap kit. Interesting to me is to see Horace backed by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Blakey kept the Messengers going, I believe, right up to his death in 1990, and plenty of his sidemen went on to have their own turns at the front of the bandstand. Kenny Dorham, Hank Mobley, Donald Byrd, Wayne Shorter, Terrence Blanchard, both Wynton Marsalis and his brother Branford spent time in the band. So let's go backward a bit. Art Blakey spent time in New York City backing a lot of bop players, and I'm sure he played a set or two with this next artist. And in fact, he performed with him on his first Blue Note release, Genius of Modern Music. I'm talking about one of the most innovative pianists, Thelonious Monk. To my ears, his playing and writing is more angular and more exploratory than those of his predecessors. The melodies in his songs often have larger jumps between notes and also more tension when using dissonant notes or, as some say, passing tones in the melody. I think Monk really got it together when he began playing on 118th Street in Harlem. The place? Mitten's Playhouse. Some say this was the birthplace of bebop. With Charlie Parker, Dizzy, and a host of others, Thelonious pushed jazz from swing to another level. Years later, Monk led gigs at another amazing jazz club, this time down on the Bowery in New York City, or what some call the East Village. The place? The Five Spot. Let's hear two tunes from Thelonious Monk from two distinct periods. The first will allow you to hear his angular but imaginative style. The song comes from a bootleg album I bought in New York City titled Live at the Five Spot. Here's Trinkle Tinkle on Classic Jazz Travels.
This is Core Community Radio, and you're listening to Classic Jazz Travels. That was Trinkle Tinkle from Thelonious Monk's Live at the Five Spot. There's an album available on Riverside Records called Thelonious in Action, which was recorded at the Five Spot, but it doesn't appear to have Trinkle Tinkle. As I said before the tune, I want you to hear two distinct types of playing from Thelonious. This next song appears on Monk's 1965 release, Solo Monk. Here's Ruby My Dear. Thank you. 
That was Thelonious Monk and Ruby My Dear. Could you hear the difference in his playing from the early live recording of Trinkle Tinkle to the more subtle Ruby My Dear? To me, they are of equal brilliance. Though he recorded and performed in many group situations, his solo piano work resonates loudly. Let's bring in some vocalists again. We heard Lynn Sherman during the swing big band era at the top of the show. Let's move to someone who's up the jazz timeline a few years. Here's the great Carmen McRae performing a tribute to Monk with Dear Ruby. Thank you. 
the music play in his way. You said you'd rather die than say goodbye. But there'll come a day That was Carmen McRae with Dear Ruby from her 1988 album, Carmen Sings Monk. The lyrics were written by Sally Swisher, though most of the album's lyric credit appears to go to a great jazz singer that we'll hear next week, Abby Lincoln. This album is really great to play back-to-back with Monk. Well, let's move backward from 1988 and right here to the Pacific Northwest for this next artist. In 1986, I met and performed with a young trumpet player named Brad Turner. He was from Vancouver, but was down in Bellingham at Western Washington University. We'd played in the bands together, but we also formed all sorts of trios and quartets to do gigs around Bellingham. Nothing like a free pound of coffee and a sandwich and a tip jar to help out with college expenses. His energy and creativity have had a long-lasting influence on my listening and playing. It's been more than 25 years since I've seen him. Since then, he's won a couple of Juno Awards, which are the Canadian Grammys, for his musical work. He's still up in Vancouver teaching, writing, and recording. Here's something from his 1998 recording, There and Back. This is Never Let Me Go.
This is Core Community Radio, and you're listening to Classic Jazz Travels. That was my old friend Brad Turner from his 1998 album, There and Back, with Never Let Me Go. You'll hear more from Brad and more from Northwest artists every week on the show, which leads me to my last song. It's from a former Northwest boy now teaching and performing in Arizona, Nick Manson. We began playing in big pens together when I was about 16 years old. We played in groups together on and off until I moved to New York City in 1993. We've always stayed in touch, and his playing has continued to progress with every album he releases. To finish up tonight, let's listen to Nick with a song recorded across the river from New York City in New Jersey. I was quite fortunate to be there for the whole session documenting it with photographs. Nick is joined by another childhood friend, Andy Suzuki on saxophone, and probably one of my best friends since 1982 at Berklee College of Music, Ian Froman on drums. Rounding out the roster on bass is the great John Patitucci. The album is titled Nick Manson, Mercator, and this is Red Door. 